Hello, welcome back to another episode of Wine and Wine with your host Yvonne Wanjiro. Ha. Ah. So, <laughs> uh, I am a little nervous, a little excited, a little cautious actually with what I want to talk about today because the TV show I want to talk about today has an insane following, almost cult-like. And I am scared that I'll say something that is just going to rub them off the wrong way. So I'm going to try my best. <laughs> I am going to try my level best to be respectful and not rub off anybody the wrong way while talking about this show. But remember, I am also a fan, part of the fandom of this show. You can judge me if you want. That's that's a you problem. So <laughs> before I begin uh for those who eh thos, sorry for those who do not know <laughs> uh we are now on tiktok yes i say we even though i don't have a team behind me yet it's called manifestation try it sometime um <laughs> we are now on tiktok as wine and wine and i basically do the same thing that i do here but in like less than two minutes so you can like head on over we are wine and wine, not and and wine. Uh, you can head on over, follow, watch, like, comment, you know. The works, please make a girl's dream come true. Anyway, let's begin with The Vampire Diaries. Um, The Vampire Diaries was a CW show with eight seasons and it was based on a book series with the same title. It came out during the Twilight Craze era and it went a long way into making teenage girls want to date and or smash or even become vampires. The 2000s and 2010s, and 2010s were like a crazy time. <laughs> it was mad. But it was also a very interesting time to be alive, you have to admit it. The 2010s and late 2000s were very, very interesting Mostly because of the vampire mania that was going around and the werewolf. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. VD was out. The Twilight series was out. Teen Wolf was just starting. Yeah. And people were obsessed. Rightfully so. I get it. Um, So I loved this show when I watched it the first time. And that hasn't changed yet. And upon rewatching it, I noticed some things that I didn't notice on the first try. And that is minus Matt Donovan being alive from the first season to the last one. Anyway, <laughs> I will talk about this show through some of the characters. And at the end, I'll talk about some of my favorite running storylines in the show. This might be very long, so please hold on, be patient, stay with me, it will mean a lot. And yeah, anyway, let's get into it. <laughs> so, um, the first character I want to talk about is Stefan Salvatore. And before anyone asks me or anyone thinks it, no, I am not team, team Stefan at all. And I will explain why towards the end, probably. Um, so, yeah. I feel like Stefan was such a complex character in the way that he genuinely tries to be a good vampire and I kind of like this. And by saying he liked, he tried to be a good vampire, I mean that he didn't feed on humans or human blood in general. 
and he tried to like change from his old ways and i kind of liked that i kind of liked that why do i sound like that today oh my god i kind of liked that and um you could see him struggling throughout the show with aspects of himself that he was trying to change and once in a while you would see him backslide whether it was because of Damon or it was whether it was because of Klaus or Caroline or even Elena and i feel like that was very human of him or even sometimes he would just backslide because he was going through something and i feel like that was a very human portrayal of somebody trying to change because change does not happen overnight it's not as easy to change as people make it out to be and sometimes you will find yourself falling back into old patterns and that's okay or whatever as long as you're trying i feel like that's a huge plus but anyway back to the matter at hand um he however sometimes had a superiority complex or came off as very judgmental especially towards Damon especially towards Damon when he that is Stefan in fact was a ripper himself and I didn't like that I didn't like it when he like acted like he was holy or like absorbed of ski of sin or like everything that he did in the past was gone and forgotten because what am I saying? <laughs> I am so sorry. I did not like it when he judged Damon over his feeding habits or when he went on a massacre frenzy because Stefan did the exact same things in his, in his life but Damon never judged him. So like that kind of rubbed me off the, long, the wrong way. There's something wrong today. Nikingoa, please. Just ignore it. <laughs> anyway, um... I don't think I have a lot of thoughts on this character apart from what I've said because in all honesty he was created to be the perfect prince charming and we all know that such leading men do not have much to them honestly uh but let me add one more thing uh I like the twist in the final season that made it clear that he was the one who forced Damon to turn into a vampire and basically set him on the path of destruction that Damon followed after that because Damon literally promised him a life of misery and his petty ass did it. <laughs> uh, this realization that he is the one who made, who forced Damon into turning into a vampire because he was afraid of being lonely for the rest of his life made Stefan rethink his whole life and I kind of enjoyed watching him unpack the guilt that he felt from what he did to his brother. That was very interesting to watch. I like it when characters have to deal with the consequences of their actions. Not me though. I like watching characters doing that. Not me though. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's all I want to say about Stefan. There's so much more to him. I know that. But um, just like the actor... Who played him. I find Stefan annoying at times. Because like I said. He does not have that much to him. But it's okay. Anyway to the next character. Um, we have Damon Salvatore. I feel like I should have said this at first. But Damon and Stefan are brothers. And Damon is the older brother. And Stefan is younger. That's obvious. And they are both vampires. So like. Yeah those family meetings are fun. Anyway. Um. Damon Salvaton. Salvaton. Did you just say Salvaton? I'm sorry. Damon Salvator. 
also i am not team demon either and again i'll explain in a few um so need to sit up for this one hold on <laughs> so i love demon and his baby blue eyes as much as the next girl or guy whatever floats your boat but why do people in the fandom tend to forget that he actually sexually assaulted Caroline within the first half of the first season? Actually, I think it was by the end of episode 2 of season 1 or episode 3, he had already sexually assaulted Caroline. And somehow, his baby blue eyes and his sarcasm clouds us to that or some some I don't even know how to describe it. But why do we forget that? Let me even give you the list of what I wanted to say. Why do we forget that one, he sexually assaulted Caroline within the first half of the first season. Two, he was a mass murderer and not apologetic about it. Three, literally dated his brother's ex-girlfriend who, by the way, did not deserve him either. Did not deserve Demon at all. And finally killed his brother's best friend. And I am not, I have not even said everything that he did. I'm just saying the things that happened within the first two or three seasons. Why do we forget all that? Damon is not a good person. Let's not lie. Damon was not a good person and never tried to be a good person. But, but on the other hand, he was not really a bad person either. He was a very lukewarm person. He was very mid he's a mid person and i feel like that is also very human as well because nobody is inherently bad and nobody is inherently good so seeing somebody who is genuinely just halfway there and not trying to be any better and not trying to be any worse just being themselves felt really nice to me but Unlike what the general consensus was at the end of the show, I will not label him the good brother for my own reasons. And I will not get into that because, again, we do not have the time. Um, I liked how Damon never tried to change or never tried to be what he was not. And this made it... Okay, I liked this because it made it so much more special when he showed... When his soft side was... It made it so much more special when his soft side shone through and it added and it added guy what is going on and it added so much more so much more heart to the show let me say that again i liked how he never tried to be what he was not because this made this should i just give up and stop recording anyway let me go on um <laughs> i liked how he never tried to be what he was not because this made it so much more special when his soft sign. You know what? I give up. I think you get what I'm saying. Anyway, um, his relationship with Stefan was complicated to say the least. But he always protected his brother and at the end of the show was even ready to die for him. To me, this kind of portrayed how complex the emotions, your emotions can be or emotions can be when you love and care for someone but at the same time have a lot of anger and resentment towards them if that sounds insane and love-wracking it's because it is it's not a good feeling at all 
Um, I will always love Demon and his sarcasm is music to my heart and ears. But please, I'd really like us to not forget the fact that he is greatly flawed and not try and gloss over all the horrible things that he's done. Or like be like, oh, but he has a redemption arc. No, he doesn't. Elena is not, by the way, I don't think, does Demon have a, wait, does Demon have a redemption arc? Because I feel like Elena was not his redemption arc. Maybe Bon Bon. I feel like Bonnie was more of his redemption arc than anybody else. Because even when he was with Elena, he was still doing shitty, horrible, murdery things. But yeah, anyway, tell me what you think about that. But yeah, I love Damon, but please, let's not forget that this man is greatly, greatly flawed. Anyway, the next character, we have Miss Caroline Hobbs. <sighs> I think she was born to be a vampire and I love her and all her and all her guy <sighs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I think she was born to be a vampire. I love her and all her characteristics and she can do no wrong in my eyes. She is sweet, she is loyal, she is organized, a bit neurotic even. But she was the only vampire who was in control even with her humanity off. I love Kea Bear and she deserves nothing but the best in the world. That's all I have to say about her. Next. I have to breathe for this one. I genuinely have to breathe for this one. <laughs> Next we have Miss Elena Gilbert. Before the slander begins, because you know it's coming, obviously. But before the slander begins... This girl has been through a lot. I'm not going to ignore that, but I feel like not more than what everyone else, especially Bonnie, has been through in the show. But she's been through some things. She's been through some shit. I'm not going to deny that. So, I gave her, her I gave her a pass for all her crying in the first season and the second seasons, but after that I was done. She had this victim complex and acted like Everything happened to her and you should feel bad for her because poor Elena. But I could argue that everything that went wrong or everything that happened that was wrong in the show was all because of her. And yes, yes, I know she's the main character and that's why. But let me hate her in peace. Please, please just let me hate her in peace. Whenever somebody either died. Let me say it that way, this way. Someone either died protecting Elena or got hurt because they were protecting Elena or some shit like that. Or we had to go on some quest because Elena wants the cure for vampirism. Or uh, Damon killed somebody because Elena... Yeah, I know it's not fair to blame Damon's actions on her, but again, let me hit the girl in peace. Anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think you get the gist of what I'm saying. She was like a she was like a beacon of bad luck and she was not even a good friend in the first time in the first place. Every time Bonnie sacrificed herself to save her or like to save someone that Elena loves, it made my blood boil. Especially if she gave the reason of but she's my best friend. <sighs> it made my blood fucking boil. Because we all know if the tables are reversed. She wouldn't have done the same thing for Bonnie. Ah! My highlight for the show, all the seasons was when Bonnie had her. I was like, yes, go for you, baby girl. 
do it again and again and again anyway like i was saying every time bonnie sacrificed herself to save her or someone that elena loved and the the excuse that she gave was they were such good friends made me so angry or when she would not give <clears throat> i remember something else that made me angry when she refused to give caroline only one year of no humanity yet she got into a spiral or she spiraled out after jeremy died and even burnt the house and everybody gave her the chance <laughs> to not feel anything all caroline was asking for elena gilbert was an ear an ear to not feel the pain from losing her mother but she couldn't give her even that you still how to find a way to make everything about her about you i'm sorry i'm even mixing up my words anyway in conclusion i did not like her and i really kind of liked the two seasons without her and i liked yeah i liked the two seasons without her season seven and season eight i kind of liked it more than the other seasons sue me because she wasn't present but i kind of liked no humanity elena if i'm being honest she had some catherine in her not exactly but she had some Catherine. i, I liked her without her humanity anyway i saved the best for last miss bonnie bennett mm. my baby hating bonnie is a red flag immediately you cannot hate bonnie anyway they did my baby so dirty at every chance they got she died and came back to life more than once and at some point even became an anchor to the other side and watched one of her closest friends kill the love of her life and all this was in the name of friendship every sacrifice that bonnie made was in the name of i'm trying to save my friends or, i'm trying to save my town she always had to make the sacrifices and that was so hard for me to watch it later came out that all everything that she went through was mostly racially motivated but i do not have the tools to discuss the nuances that come with that situation so i'm just going to let it go anyway julie pleck ignored the gem that bonnie was especially when it came to her dynamic with every character in the show bonnie had a special bond or relationship with every main character in the show and i loved that bon was powerful and sweet and i feel like her ending was relatively okay because she finally got to walk away from mystic falls and got to see the world that felt very okay to me and it felt like she had the she had the idea of now i am living my life for me and i like to believe that she found peace and more than one love globally i feel like she's going around just breaking hearts and having fun and enjoying herself because she deserves it bonnie was amazing and i hate that they did all that to her but oh well racism is a thing which i'll never get but whatever anyway we are done with the characters so i want to go into the storylines that made me so happy throughout the show so i think this will be shorter than i wanted to actually so the first storyline that um that picked my interest throughout the show from the first season to the last season the first storyline that made me happy was the double gangers for those who don't know a double ganger is basically you look alike somebody who looks exactly like you yeah 
that's it it's like your twin who you didn't know exists basically um the first time that i heard about double gangers my mind was blown and what made it even better is the fact that only one pair of double gangers can exist in the whole world at a time and that was insane to me meaning that um the double gangers were only elena and stefan meaning that they were they were lookalikes <laughs> let me just say that they had lookalikes they had like twins people who looked exactly like them and when i say only one pair can exist at a time during the period when elena and uh, i don't want to these an elena and stefan were alive let's say if they were both human at the same time nobody else could exist no other human could exist at the same time as them and this is because um nature created double gangers to maintain balance because Silas and Amara who are the original double gangers the original Stefan and Elena became immortal and the universe had to find a sort of balance because everybody must die and somebody dying is what creates balance in the world and the universe had to find a pair with the same face from the same actually family to replace these two immortal people because they became immortal i know that's i don't know if you can hear the excitement in my voice but the idea of double gangers just blew my mind but there's more there's more they were created to they came out, nature created them to keep the balance to have people die in place of like the immortal original double gangers and there's more every double ganger is attracted or pulled to each other quite literally because of magic tell me that is not an interesting storyline tell me that that is not one of the most interesting storylines you've, uh, you've ever had and that magic only drew them together because they are, they were the only people who could break a particular curse their blood was the only blood that could break a particular curse and it was it a curse or was it the only one that could kill so i cannot properly remember but some shit like that <sighs> the ideas the idea of double gangers that whole storyline the whole background of double gangers was very interesting to me and it blew my mind until date i can rewatch vampire diaries just for the sake of hearing the story and the origin and the myths behind double gangers all over again ah that made me so happy also the storyline of double gangers brought me miss katrina petrova and silas to my screen so that made my cold heart thaw and that made me happy as well <laughs> um so the next storyline i want to talk about is the bennett witches <sighs> again mind blown the power and connection that this family has and these women have was so amazing you could literally trace any generational curse or any airtight spells to the bennett family i mean these women literally stopped hellfire literally stopped hellfire what and my favorite bennett witch was katia who actually created the immortality spell which directly caused the whole double ganger fiasco 
tell me that rich does not kick ass I dare you to tell me that she does not kick ass. She was also psychotic and genuinely I get why she was insane. But yeah, those are the Bennett witches. That is the also second storyline that made me happy throughout the show. Sorry about that. And the third storyline is the storyline of the sire bond. And having a sire bond basically means that once a vampire is stunned, they are forever tied to the maker, to their maker, to the person who, who turned them. And they could almost be controlled by the maker, by their creator. Actually, not almost. They could definitely be controlled by their creator or the person who turned them or their maker, whatever you want to call them. They did the whole sire bond at some point, but I still loved it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've come to the end <laughs> of this episode. It got shorter than I thought it would be, but whatever. And, um, yeah, before I finish, there's one more thing. I wanted to talk about how weird it was for vampires who are over 100 years old having sex and relationship with, and relationships with, like, 17, 16-year-old girls. But, again, I do not have the tools to discuss the nuances that come with that particular conversation. But, anyway, I have come to the end of today's episode. It was very trippy. But it's whatever, it's fine. I had so much fun creating the script for this episode, re-watching re the Vampire Diaries for this episode, going back again to look up the myths or like the mythologies or like the background of Vampire Diaries. I enjoyed making it and it might not sound as amazing as I wanted it to, but it's fine. It's fine. We move. Um, if you've made it this far, thank you so much. Tell a friend, tell a friend, like, comment, share the works. Please follow on TikTok. And I'll see you on the flip side. Bye. Uh, <coughs> sorry about that. Um, editing Yvonne here. I just realized that I did not tell you why I, do, I am not either on team Elena, not team Elena, sorry, on team, <coughs> sorry about that, hold my voice, on team Stefan or team Damon. So first of all, I feel like Stefan fell in love with the idea of Elena. I don't know if that makes sense. I feel like Stefan only loved Elena because she looked like Catherine, which is so weird for me to say, and I know that the I, I can't explain it all right now for it to make sense, but just think of that. I feel like Stefan fell in love with the idea of Catherine, with Elena, because she looked like Catherine. And I feel like after a while, Damon will grow to resent Elena because uh, he got the cure. You remember in the very last episode, um, <clears throat> Stefan injected... Him, I think it was with Elena's blood or with a cure that they had made again. I cannot properly remember. So in short, Damon was given the cure and he turned human. And I have a feeling that after a while he'll get really tired of that lifestyle and end up resenting Elena because that's the life that she wants. And he will resent her not because he doesn't love her, but because he loves her so much that's... And 
that he loves her so much but at the same time he loved being a vampire so much and now he has to choose between being a vampire and being human and such a choice i feel like is going to break Damon, and eventually they're going to break up with elena and i hope it is my prayer that Damon will find his way back to bonnie like it is in the books so yeah that's it goodbye for real <laughs> this time be easy have fun see you on the flip side or whatever bye <laughs>